You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 50. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Our Take segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week in our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we take a look at Macro Enterprises, MCR on the TSX Venture, a pipeline and facility construction and maintenance services company in the oil and gas industry, primarily in Western Canada. After the company announced a $200 million contract has started this week, a listener asks us, is is the turnaround on for this business and whether it is a buy, sell, or hold at present? Our star of the week is Aurora Cannabis, symbol ACB on the TSX, one of the world's largest cannabis companies with funded capacity in excess of 570,000 kilograms per year and sales and operations in 14 countries across five continents. The stock jumped 51% or rebounded on the year, but 51% this past week outperforming most in this hot segment, powered by optimism surrounding big dollars flowing into names such as last week's star Canopy Growth from larger established companies such as Constellation Brands. For its part, Aurora reported strong revenue growth in the last quarter. Finally, our dog of the week is Highlander Foods Incorporated, symbol is HLF on the TSX, a North American processor and marketer of value-added frozen seafood. The stock is down 31% since early July and dropped 19% last week alone after reporting weak Q2 results. The company is restructuring, so is it a dog or an opportunity? We'll let you know. So now let's dig into the show. I have to welcome back my co-hosts, Keystone's VP and senior analyst, Mr. Aaron Dunn. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Ryan. How are you? Good. It's our 50th show. It's I quite can't the believe it. 50th, 50th anniversary, 50 podcasts. Seems like just yesterday, doesn't it, when we started? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've gotten, I think, good feedback over, over the course of those 50 podcasts from people generally, yes. and we've, we've been able to answer questions that people have about companies and cover some some very important topics. So, yes, and uh, we appreciate all mail, hate mail, all mail. We so, love the hate we, mail we even get more. Both. We get both. <laughs> we get both. It's great. A little bit of both is good. It's great to interact with uh, clients out there and also just uh, individual investors who are you know like our take on the market or who don't like our take on the market. So either way. Send in your comments and questions and keep sending in your questions to our Your Stock, Our Take segment. And that's how we segue this week into our Your Stock, Our Take segment. We got a question from Maria via Twitter. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. 
buy, sell, or hold. Uh, they said, I know you follow pipeline construction company Macro Enterprises. Is it a buy following the big contract announcement, or I think it's a contract commencement uh, this past week? Well, Macro Enterprises, symbol MCR in the TSX Venture, they're currently trading around $3.35. Their market cap, around $105 million in that range. What does the company do? Well, Macro is a Canadian oil and gas-based company. Uh, it provides pipeline and facilities construction and maintenance services to companies in the energy sector, primarily in Western Canada. The company, what has been driving the stock of late? Well, this past week on August 21st, Macro announced that it commenced construction of the Atkin Creek section of the North Montany mainline project. The section is about 67 kilometers of pipeline, uh, valued the contract at 200 million Canadian. Substantial completion is planned for Q1 of 2019. Uh, in the day following the announcement, the stock jumped 14%. Well, let's look at, from a fundamental perspective, what is the company doing right now? Actually, the fundamentals on paper in terms of revenues and current earnings do not paint a bright picture. Revenues were down in the first quarter 31% to $8.8 million. The company had a net loss of $2.3 million in the first quarter. And, uh, you know, these are not numbers that we look at typically to, and say this stock is great value right now. But what we do know is these numbers are really from delays in existing projects. The company is uh, part of a, a larger contract bid on the Coastal GasLink Pipeline Limited Partnership Project. Uh, that is now on hold, but we do believe it will eventually go through. Uh, they own a 40% stake in that $900 million contract. So it's a significant contract, but that has been delayed. The announcement uh, of uh, the commencement of the current contract, the Montney Mainline Project, is a positive going forward. From purely a current fundamental standpoint, the stock is not cheap based on the last 12 months numbers. They've had falling revenues, negative earnings, and negative Q1 EBITDA. Frankly, those are all, well, negatives. But the company has several major projects, like we talked about in the pipeline, that could easily bring out about a reversal to these fortunes. Uh, the latest project appears to have less hurdles ahead of it. It's already commenced, so there would be far less hurdles. The potential Trans Mountain Pipeline contract, uh, if this went forward, it would increase, increase cash flows in upcoming quarters significantly. Uh, the market does has been aware of this. I'm not sure if it's aware completely to the extent that uh, this would impact macro. The shares are up 61% or about you know 60% since May, the start of May. Their balance sheet is very healthy. There's plenty of cash and little debt. And there's strong reason to believe that when these contracts move forward, the cash flow will come in and the company will offer value. Now, Macro is not what we considered a long-term investment as its services are or its services a cyclical and contract-driven business, but it is and it is subject to significant volatility. But as a speculate speculation on a number of large energy projects, such as the Trans Mountain and that Montney project, it is a viable option right now. 
Ron, you know we're familiar with this company going several years back yeah. in the small cap research. It was actually uh, it was a recommendation, one of our higher risk recommendations. And I remember back then it, it just had tremendous growth and it was trading when we recommended it at about one and a half, two times earnings. So at a very low, very attractive valuation, and and it 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 had a it had a really nice run up um, when when speculation started with the the LNG boom in BC, which never actually happened, but that that pushed the stock up quite high back uh, back when we had it under coverage. One thing, though, of course, that we did learn about this business that we we know about the the construction business in general is that it is very contract based, so it's a it's a feast or famine business and. They may very well be in a situation where they're able to really ramp up earnings and revenues over the next couple of years. It seems they're well positioned for that. But it is really, as you said, a trading stock. It's not something that you you buy to own for, you know, three to five years. It's something that you you buy at an opportune time and and trade out of when you when you've made your money because you just you just don't know if if they do a couple of big contracts, they can have fantastic financials for a short period of time and then we've even seen quarters where there's been no revenues and big net losses yeah i mean it's feast or famine uh, the near-term outlook uh, looks positive on it so if you're looking to play the company that way um, there may be some you know there should be some significant increases in cash flow uh, over the coming year especially into 2019 uh, we should see significant increases in cash flow, but uh, as far as a buy today and hold for you know three to five to eight to ten years, uh, this is not a company that would be we'd put in that category. Another thing we do know and we've learned about the business that it is run by a very efficient operator in what is a tough segment. Uh, he's an old oil man he knows what he's doing in the segment and if anybody can produce a profit through these contracts he is a man to do it he's not going to communicate a lot with the market but uh, he's going to when you know they sign these contracts and cash flows and, and, and the revenues come in typically able to make a decent margin off of them so we would trust he would continue to do that going forward at least we know it is run by uh, a guy who has significant stake in the game. He owns the biggest percentage of the business, and he has done it in the past in terms of when a contract and revenue comes in. He's made cash flow from those, and that's the way they've been able to build up a strong balance sheet to weather some of the times like they've went through over the past couple of years. So we're going to move on to our uh, for our uh, star of the week, and that is another cannabis name. Uh, it's our Aurora Cannabis. I'm going to let Aaron take that one. From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's Star. Star. My pleasure. Yes, Aurora Cannabis, the star of the week. The symbol is ACB on the TSX. Trading at just over $8 today and a market cap of just under $8 billion. So on August 14th, the stock was trading at 534, and then just over just since then over the past week, the, the stock price has jumped about 51% to over $8 per share. So Aurora is one of the world's largest and leading cannabis companies. It has funded excess capacity of funded capacity of 570,000 grams per year and sells and operations in 14 countries across five continents. It's the second largest cannabis company in Canada right now. So what is what is driving the stock? Well, on August 14th, the company announced that it had completed its acquisition of an Anandia Laboratories, a cannabis-focused science 
company specializing in genomics, metabolite profiling, plant breeding, disease characterization, and cultivar cultivar certification. This led to a 19% jump by August 15th. Then after that, the the stock jumped another 18% following the settling and record date for the spin-out of the company's subsidiary, Australis Capital. Since then as well, the company has announced uh, supply agreements between its major subsidiary MedRelief with the Ontario cannabis stores, and this has moved the share price up another 6%. So looking at the financial results, very strong growth in revenue in in Q3 2008 over the previous year. Revenue was $16.1 million compared to $5.2 million in the same quarter in the previous year. So that's growth of 211%. Unfortunately, the net loss also grew. Uh, adjusted EBITDA was uh, was negative 6.9 million for the quarter, compared to a loss of 1.8 million in the same quarter the previous year. Very nice balance sheet, uh, lots of net cash, about 80 million in net, net cash. And like our star of last week, Aurora is one of the biggest players in the cannabis space, um, which has seen tremendous growth over the last few weeks. Massive revenue growth from last year and increasing gross profit coupled with the company's supply agreements that will kick in upon Canadian legalization in October um, makes Aurora's growth potential exciting to say the least. However, like the last week's star as well, it is difficult to actually value this company before we see how it's able to cope with the growth it's likely to see and transition into profitability. Both its trailing 12-month earnings and EBITDA are significantly negative, and until the company is able to adjust its growth pains and cut costs, uh, the negative earnings are likely to continue. So because of these negative earnings and questions about uh, the profitability, it doesn't right now meet our criteria. Nevertheless, massive gains with great revenue growth and acquisition activity we've seen from this company, and that makes it our star of the week. Thanks for your take on that one. Um, we, you know, we're all just really awaiting for these companies to, you know, see w- essentially what they can do with production uh, when we have the legalized recreational use of uh, marijuana cannabis in Canada. So, I mean, that's really when you're going to see um, the real numbers from these companies going forward, and they'll get to use their capacity. And like we've said, for these producers we believe it'll be the low-cost producers that will ultimately be successful long-term. Aurora, you know, this being, I, I believe, Aaron, it's the second-largest producer, uh, at least capacity, in, in Canada right now. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, the well, we're going to move to our... The canopy growth. Yes, yes, yes. Last week's star. We're going to move to our uh, weekly dog of the week, and this is a company we are familiar with. From our Stars and Dog segment, it's time for this week's dog. Highliner Foods Incorporated, symbol HLF, on the TSX, which we had in our income stock coverage in the past and made a tidy profit profit off of. But the stock has since then uh, suffered. The current price is around $5.62. Its market cap, $188 million. Stock is down 31% since early July, 17%. Um, and went down 17% on August 14th, the day it released some weaker-than-expected Q2 results. What does Highliner do? They are a North American processor and marketer of value-added frozen seafood. Highliner's... Seafood retail branded products are sold through the United States, Canada, Mexico, 
under the names Highliner, Fisher Boy, Mirabelle, Sea Cuisine, and Sea Worthy & Co. And they are available in most grocery stores and club stores. So what has been driving the downward movement in the stock? Well, like we said, there is a release of a weak quarterly set of financial results that were unimpressive to investors. Uh, on that day, the stock dropped 19% last week. Q2 revenues uh, were up a modest 6% to $245 million. Uh, it was adjusted net income where we saw the real decrease. It was down 42% to $0.11 cents per share from $0.19 cents in the same period last year. Now, overall, the Q2 is seasonally the weakest period for this company, and Q1 is the strongest period. Uh, so we do see some seasonal seasonal seasonality to the business, but that you know that did not account for the sharp drop in adjusted net income. Uh, revenue growth is marginal at present. EBITDA and adjusted earnings are decreasing. The company is in the midst of a restructuring, and changes have been made to optimize the company's current structure by aligning the organization's core functions by core function instead of by geography. The estimated cost savings of this is $10 million annually, which is a good start, but we, we believe it will likely have to do more. There is some uncertainty surrounding the general market for these uh, seafood-related companies. On July 11, 2018, the U.S. administration announced additional proposed tariffs that, if implemented, would apply to certain seafood imported into the U.S. from China. The company currently purchases its seafood from more than 20 countries around the world, including the U.S., to meet U.S. consumer demand. A portion of this raw material is imported into China for primary processing and then exported to the U.S. for sale and secondary processing. These proposed tariffs, if they go through, they would have somewhat of a negative effect, but the and they and in some circumstances, you know, a lot of the business would not be affected, but uncertainty is never a good thing near term. The stock does not appear to be a catch of the day, and the drop in the past month make it our dog of the week. No, definitely not the catch of the day. It's it's really disappointing because we picked up coverage of this company around 2011 in the income stock report, and it we we held it for about a year and a half, I think, and we we more than doubled our money, so it was a great performer, and it had a lot of momentum behind it at the time. Since we sold it, I've I've checked in on the company because I, I I do like what they do. I've I, I like their their product as well. But I've checked in on the company several times, a couple times a year typically since we we sold out of the stock just to see if there's any opportunity to get back in. And what's always really kind of dissuaded me is that they they can never seem to generate any type of consistency in their financial performance and their growth. So they'll have a good quarter followed by a bad quarter, maybe a mediocre quarter, and and that that was the issue and and. One of the reasons for that is that they really just don't seem to have that much pricing power. They've always really struggled with being able to to pass higher input costs um, onto consumers, and and that's that's been that's been a major issue for them. So I've stayed away, and I, and I'm glad that I did. It's uh, I mean the stock is down about a third over the past year, and it's and it's generally been trading down, trending down over the past couple of years. Yeah, I think that's a good synopsis of why uh, we're now out of that stock. And uh, having made a good profit, we like that. But, uh, you know, does the business right now provide an opportunity? As we said, we don't think so. Um, perhaps the restructuring and cost cutting 
can help the business long term, but when they are more of a, like Aaron was saying, a price taker in some respects and, and not able to adjust some of the inputs coming in that it just doesn't right now doesn't seem to offer value to us despite the, the drop in the share price. So again, I'd like to thank, thank Aaron for co-hosting with me and thank our listeners for listening and keep sending in your questions to our, your stock, our take via the regular social media channels or just email us. Uh, and we will answer those questions next week. Thank you very much and profitable investing. Thank you. Profitable investing.